Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we got our usual crew today. We've got Adam. What's up, guys? Caleb, you didn't do my Iron Fist intro again, man. What's going on? I'm sorry. I didn't know, I didn't I know. know that I, was an every week no, thing. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I was colossally embarrassed you did that. So thank you. Um, by the way, I'm on Twitter, at Adam Barnhart. I rejoined the Twitter sphere. It's all right. I actually missed it a lot, but I don't know, guys. You know, it, like not being on Twitter, it felt like a piece of me wasn't there. Like Twitter might start charging me a copay for being my therapist, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That's deep. And as you can hear, we've got Rhiannon. Hey, guys. I'm on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace at Shot of Patron or at Brooklyn MND. Maybe. I might change it one day. Seriously. True. You do realize I'm watching that, like, every single day, because as soon as you change it, <laughs> awesome, I'm swooping good. up that shot. And as we've wrong. mentioned, he's selling it to the Patron Corporation. <laughs> yes. I'm Caleb Borchers. You can find me on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers. Uh, I was saying just earlier, I don't know if I remember to say the A in the middle, so that is me. If there's an at Caleb Borchers, it's probably a, uh, a yachter from... Uh, Portland. There's another Caleb Borchers in the world who's about as famous as I am. So I'm Caleb A. Borchers. No, I was going to say, and he probably wakes up every morning and is like, why the hell are all these nerds following me? <laughs> not, not to say you guys are nerds. I'm saying we're also nerds and we expect our key demographic to follow us. Yeah. No offense. Uh, hey, if people Google and they get him instead of me, he is much, uh, he was much fitter and stronger than I am. He's like a fireman or something. I'm just a someone, dad. Uh, someone sent me a text the other day. A uh, person I know out in Los Angeles sends me a clip of the Los Angeles Times, and it says Adam Barnhart performing stand-up with, like, uh, Squirrel Girl was one of them, and then I like Jamie Kennedy or something. I'm like, uh, I'm not that funny. Why would you guys book me for it? Turns out there's also an Adam Barnhart that's a semi-professional comedian. There you go. Sorry, that was a tangent. It's fine. Uh, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Also, we, uh, another thing we were just talking about, uh, if you've ever wondered what it's like when we record this live or what our faces look like, um, we do offer that on our Patreon. If you want to uh, support the show, that's uh, $5 above level. You get to watch these things live. Uh, we have one or two viewers that do that, but if that's something you're interested in, uh, it's definitely there. We do record these uh, on the YouTube all the time. So, uh, Also, we want you to check out the second podcast in our Marvel News Desk family, uh, AP Marvel. I know Chris was really excited about the episode this week and want to encourage you guys all to check it out. Um, also, another big push for you, um, Mr. Media, who you may have noticed uh, converses with us some on uh, Twitter uh, he's done like 1,300 different interviews with different people who are involved in media in some way. Uh, we just did an uh, interview with him. It's going to be on uh, youtube.com slash mrmediaradio uh, probably very soon. Maybe, in fact, by the time this podcast comes out. So we talked about this, and he loves our show, uh, frankly, more than anybody should love this show. Uh, I mean, he likes it, I think, more than we like it. So, But it's really cool. He was awesome to talk to and very complimentary, and we really appreciate him right. uh, wanting to talk to us. And he was really awesome, so that was a good time. 
All right. Uh, let's jump into the news. Uh, first news, Disney streaming. We had heard last week that there was going to be something even better than Nick Fury, and I think we know what it is. Uh, it was announced last night by the major trades that we are going to get Bucky and Falcon in a Disney streaming show. Uh, it will join uh, Scarlet Witch, which we'll talk about in a minute, and Loki. Uh, Rhiannon, are you on board for a Bucky and Falcon show? Absolutely. Who wouldn't be on board for a Bucky Falcon show? I think their interactions were some of the uh, best little side action in Civil War. Um, I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Adam, what you think? It's peculiar. Um... You know, it kind of spells out a lot of stuff. It doesn't spell out a lot of stuff, but I mean, it, it does raise questions about Avengers 4. You know, would they do like a Fallen Sun type setup for this miniseries? And those two are essentially competing for the shield or are they dealing with Cap's death? Or are they just, you know, doing like a, uh, I think um, Sebastian once said he wanted to do like a 48 hours type setup with Anthony Mackie. Um, but yeah, it's exciting times for Disney streaming. That's for sure. I didn't realize till just now, everything that's been announced for Disney streaming is for characters who died at the end of infinity war. Like nothing that they've greenlit has is, is a non dusted individual. <laughs> right. I mean, technically Loki wasn't dusted, but you, you know, he, he bit it still. Um, I think it biggest thing to me, maybe this isn't a big takeaway to others, but it means that we're probably not getting a cat four movie. Like if you were holding out hope for either Sebastian Stan or Anthony Mackie fronted captain America four to kind of like continue on the heritage. Now that, you know, Chris Evans is gone. I, I think this suggests that's not happening anytime soon, that the future of these characters is not throwing on the cap. I mean, maybe it is within the show, but like a, um, they really are going to finish out the Captain America trilogy as a trilogy and not go beyond that. To me, is the news that that maybe is coming out of this that's that people haven't talked about enough that we really have seen Marvel be very resistant to doing a fourth one, even if the fourth one would be a passing on of the torch. So, yeah, you kind of brought this up in a previous pod too. I mean, maybe not the fact I'm about to say, but so. If one of these characters gets a mini series on Disney streaming, it's hard to think that they'll be, you know, get major screen time on the movie screen again, right? Because if we look at a, I mean, even six episodes, you know, six to eight episodes, that's essentially a movie trilogy in itself. You know, that's eight hours of content with that one character. Um,. So yeah, it is interesting. You just did mention the the Cap Four thing. Did anybody really think there was going to be a Cap Four? Oh no, like you said, it's somebody that's like really, really holding out hope. Like the people that still want them to renew Shadowhunters. Uh, look at that! I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. I mean, <laughs> I guess what for me, I, I actually thought there was a chance at a Cap Four in part because Sebastian Stan has like the biggest contract ever. Like I forget, but when he signed, it was like a nine picture deal. And so even with him appearing in winter soldier and then civil war 
and then in Infinity War and Avengers 4, like, that's still only four, maybe a fifth if you count that Black Panther, like, cameo, which I don't think you would. That still leaves you with, like, three or four pictures on his deal, which suggested to me that he was going to be the next Cap. But, I mean, they could always not use picture on his deal as uh, some of the pictures on his deal as well, like they didn't with Red Skull or whatever. So, but yeah, I, I honestly thought that we might get a Bucky Cap. So, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, if there is one character that's going to get a fourth movie, it's got to be Thor, right? I mean, Chris Hemsworth's career Maybe. probably could use it. <laughs> I mean, but I, I've always said I, I want Thor 4 to be. Thor four. That's hard to say. Um, I want that to be uh, Valkyrie. So, all right. Uh, along the same streaming uh, line, we also heard a little more from Slash Film about the Scarlet Witch show, suggesting that it is not going to be just Scarlet Witch. That Vision will also play a significant part, and their sort of coupleness will be front and center in that miniseries. Uh, Adam, what do you think about getting a little more Vision on Disney streaming? Yeah, well, so Slash Film said not only said not only is he going to be in the show, he's going to play a major role, and in fact, the show might be like a Vision and Scarlet Witch series instead, which has me pretty hyped. Um, the conspiracy theorist in me too um, started digging through Tom King's Twitter profile because I believe at one point. Within the past few weeks, King has mentioned he is writing some television pitches or something of that nature. Um, then I bounce that over f- with some people, and they think that maybe his DC Comics ex- yeah, DC Comics exclusive contract might carry over to TV and movie and such. So I don't know. You guys know how passionate I am about the things I like. You know, I just want to see Tom King's vision run in live action. Yeah, they almost needed to be post Wanda, though, right? Like, uh, I feel like Tom King's run kind of like the whole premise is around vision trying to create for himself what he lost with Wanda by creating a spouse. So, yeah, kind of. I mean, they could they could essentially put Scarlet Witch in Virginia's role. And just kind of do the same with their unnatural kids of sort, you know? They could still kind of, I mean, it's not, it's the whole not being a human natural type thing. Yeah. If, if it gets us closer to Viv Vision, which then gets us closer to Champions, uh, I'm totally on board with that. Rhiannon, are you uh, excited to have maybe a, a little more of a couple romantic focus on uh, one of these streaming shows? Blah. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I don't, you know, like my hope for Captain Marvel is that there's no romance. Like, I, I, I don't, I, Scarlet Witch and Vision, I don't have anything against them as a couple, but it's not, I've never felt like I needed to see their domestic life. I am reeling from learning that Tom King wrote Vision. Like, all of a sudden, that's new news to me. And I really like Tom King. Um, not that I've ever actually read anything he wrote. I just sat in one of his panels and really liked him. Which pen did you go to like the heroes in crisis church thing? I went to the heroes in crisis at San Diego comic-con panel. It was him and like Clayton Barber. And they were, I have a heroes in crisis pen that they gave that was special for that. 
Anyways. Um, I, I really like him from that and from following him ever since then. Um, so I'm sure there's good stuff out there. I don't know. Um, but it's not something I ever felt like I needed. Like Bucky and, Bucky and, uh, Falcon. I'm like, yeah, I need to see more of those two guys. But Vision of Wanda, I, I'm not opposed to it existing, but I've never felt like I needed to see it. But it also feels like they're hitting different niches. Because I know lots of people want to see more of that relationship. They want to see, like, a, you know, their little misfit love story. Um, and some people want to see the buddy cop show. Like, they're two completely different genres using the same type of characters that are familiar. Yeah. I would just second Adam. Tom King's run on Vision is one of the best comics I've read in years. Um, it's... I probably more than any comic I've ever read, it made me gasp out loud. Right. Like the way they did it, like you flip the page and you go, Oh, whoa. Like, and, uh, there's great runaways, um, connections. If you've read runaways comics, there's some good stuff like that. Um, there's good stuff with, with Wanda. Eventually I've heard somebody call it like, um, vision meets breaking bad that it kind of has like that feel and vibe to it. And it does have, like, a really, like, creepy, dark suburbia, like, I mean, uh, uh, this is slight, slight, slight spoiler, but it's, like, the first issue. They meet the neighbors, and they talk about the neighbors and what the neighbors think about Vision moving in. And then the last sentence is, like, little did the neighbors know that they would die at his hands just months later. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, where's this going? Like, yeah. how is that happening? It's it's so good. It, it, it's almost teetering on the edge of horror. I mean, it's certainly a thriller, I guess. And if they did something like that, it would be incredibly poignant in 2018 or 2019. Depends on if, you know, what happens in the next year. Yeah, it's it's good. And Vision and Scarlet Witch had comic books together for a long time back in the... They had a couple of runs, I think, in the 80s. And so um, when I was reading my um, when I was reading through all the Inhumans comics, I read some old Scarlet Witch and Vision because Scarlet Witch's brother is Quicksilver and Quicksilver was married to Crystal. And so there was like weird like Thanksgiving family dinners with the Inhumans and Scarlet Witch and Vision, which is kind of interesting. All right. Next bit of news. Um Adam, some idiot on some crappy website uh, wrote something about a Mysterio Coke can. Is oh, that right? Gee, yeah, some idiot. Thanks. There, <laughs> there goes my man, idea. The things, with you, the man. things some of those staff writers have to dig at to just meet their quota. Hey, so let's <laughs> all right. Let's 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 just say this was actually newsworthy, was it not? It was. It was. <laughs> We're talking about it on this show. Yeah, we would talk about a lot of other on my stuff news breakdown. Too. Should have been first. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's what's that's what's amazing the the secrecy that they're taking with Avengers four. How have we not? Got, I mean, we've gotten like one toy leak, and Spider Man Far From Home were getting leaks from Doctor Pepper of all places. You know, I'm not, did you even say the news, or should I? Should essentially Mysterio? No, has, go ahead. Yeah, I was okay. just messing Mysterio with you. Mysterio <laughs> has. You can't see it, but it's a silhouette of Mysterio in the fishbowl. I guess which we kind of assumed from the set photos, 
but the fishbowl wasn't in the set photos. But, I mean, we have zero reason to believe that he's not going to have the fishbowl helmet as crazy as it's probably going to look in live action. But there's no guarantee of a fishbowl. I mean, I looked at that silhouette, and I read every word of your article. And it could be, I mean, I could see, I mean, because it's just a silhouette. It's just, like, here's the amount of the can that will be taken up from a character that will appear in Marvel, in uh, Spider-Man. It could be him with, like, some backlight behind him, for all we know. Like, I, I'm not, I don't feel like the fishbowl's confirmed. Mm, we'll agree to So disagree. I'm with Adam. It looks like a fishbowl to me. <laughs> but the thing that's funny to me is they put this out. It's like a Dr. Pepper can, and they're like, ooh, look at this secret mystery can for a promotion of a movie that's, like, they pretend they're all secretive, and then there's a spider on the can. Yeah. You know, like, well, you no, would have thought somebody would have. It says Spider-Man Far From Home character, doesn't it? So, the, the so yeah, it doesn't say Mysterio. It says final design will feature major character, I think. I, Does it have Spider-Man actually branded on the can, though? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It says Far From Home. I mean, the Spider-Man logo's on it. Um, oh, I, I missed the Far From Home. Well, yeah, it's, anyway. it's, it specifically says that it'll be a Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm just curious, who wants to drink Dark Berry Dr. Pepper anyways? That sounds horrible. I don't like regular Dr. Pepper. Will you drink that? I'm so excited. They made they made this stuff years ago called Dr. Squirt. And then it was like a mix between Dr. Pepper and Squirt. And then it kind of was rebranded as uh, Dr. Pepper Code Red. Years later, it was like a red berry Dr. Pepper. So when I saw this, I was like, it's like Dr. Squirt's coming back. I was so excited. The last time I had a Dr. Squirt was actually in Iowa. I was across Whoa. the, uh, what's that town across from uh, Omaha? Council Bluffs. Yeah, I was in Council Bluffs. There's a restaurant that had like a huge case of it left, I guess. And so they were still serving it. And that's the last time I had a Dr. Squirt and I've missed it ever since. So that sounds disgusting. If this tastes like Dr. Squirt. I'm on board. Yuck. One, I looked it up and it says a major movie character from Marvel Studios, but there's a spider in the background. Two, if it tastes like cheer wine, people will die for it. Which cheer wine is cherry and this is dark berry and it's not electric red. So maybe, have you guys ever had cheer wine? Never. Uh, I think maybe once. No. Is it as good as Zima? (laughs) (laughs) Better. Better than Zima. Um, what you need to do is make a little cocktail, a little bit half Zima, half Dr Pepper, dark cherry, or whatever this stuff is. I can't it's wait. A little to extra me. kick to your Dr yeah. Pepper. Yeah. Uh, so going back to streaming stuff, a source that we really don't trust suggested that a Hawkeye show might be in development. Yeah. I'm suspicious this source is just randomly guessing original Avengers at this point. Cause this is also where we heard about the Nick Fury show that is not happening. Uh, do you guys think, well, the, the related bit to that though is we also got casting for a mysterious character in Avengers four. The actress is from, uh, 13 reasons why Catherine Langford and a lot of people think she might be Kate Bishop. And so now people are putting together like, oh, what if they're bringing in Kate Bishop for a streaming show and they introduce her in Avengers 4? 
Uh, does any of this seem real to you guys or are you, are, are people grasping? I mean, Langford is hired, but what, what do you guys think is going on here? So, so let's, let's do some analysis. Can we, for a bit, the, the same outlet sure, Adam. that oh boy announced the Hawkeye miniseries, which kind of alluded to perhaps a Kate Bishop, which also, I mean, that's the kind of prevailing theory around this Langford. Um, but then the same outlet that said that they're developing a Hawkeye series also said Langford is not Kate Bishop. She is, um, spoiler, um, Tony and Pepper's daughter from 20 years from now. So they're kind of contradicting themselves in back-to-back reporting. One, I really, really, really want a Hawkeye spinoff and kind of see him pass the torch to a Kate Bishop. Because, I mean, we essentially we're going to get a Young Avengers or a Champions-type setup. I mean, it's inevitable at this point. Um, I don't know. It's the internet, man. It's the internet. I'm just waiting for the day where I can write an article that says no. Uh, what is it? Kate Langford is not, or who? Catherine Langford or Miss Langford is not Tony Stark's daughter. Just because I'm that petty, you know. And you'll probably end up cutting that out of the final pod. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of getting kicked out. You're being obscure enough without you know picking on people too tightly. Rihanna, do you have thoughts? I mean, I assume you would like to see Kate Bishop in the MCU? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Kate Bishop in the MCU. Um, And if it's a television series. I mean, that's what I've wanted to see. I want to see a show or a TV show where Renner Hawkeye is training Kate Bishop. Um, That would be awesome. Um, But, yeah, I... That would be awesome. I'd, I'd love to see it. I mean, Kate, but I mean, Kate's over on the West Coast. Jeremy has his family, or Jeremy Hawkeye has his family in Iowa. Um, I don't know how they would do that right now, but. Um, let the record reflect that Iowa has also just passed a very controversial film tax credit legislation thing. And I'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago I did say that they should film a Hawkeye miniseries in Iowa. Adam is all about Jeremy Renner showing up at his house, I think, is what we're really working towards. You guys want to film something at my house? I won't even charge you. Not even the normal (laughs) 20 bucks? Mm, For them, I'll give them the MCU discount. Maybe 15 bucks. Let me be Barney. I mean, come on. Just let me be what's Barney Barton. Uh. I, I did see this rumor that she's potentially a Stark child. Um, the only way that works is if they're doing stuff that we haven't heard yet, like they're going super in the future, because that would, I mean, if it's, this girl is 20 years old, so if it was a Stark child, they'd have to go 20 years in the future, but based on the actress that we've heard that is maybe going to be Cassie Lang, she's not that old. Like, she's only, like, five or ten years older than Cassie is in the Ant-Man movies. And so, yeah, I I just don't, I don't, I'm not there yet. I I feel like that is very speculative, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, we'll we'll see. 
we did get a update from that hashtag show uh, where they have stated that their sources are telling them that the removal of a 2020 film date is not an accident and that Marvel has confirmed that their two movies for 2020 will be Black Widow and Eternals and that will be it. There will not be a third film. Obviously now there's a possibility of two or three streaming services kind of filling in that year as well. Let me ask, uh, I, I have my thoughts on it. When you hear Black Widow and Eternals is the total film slate for 2020, does that excite you, Rhiannon, or is that a little disappointing? I don't know why. I know nothing about Eternals, but I'm excited to know it's coming. I'm excited for fresh content that, like I've been saying recently a lot, is like ensemble content. Um. So coming in 2020, having something that that feels like something really big to look forward to, whatever they're going to make of it, I am excited about that. All right, man. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Eternals is essentially going to be the movie version of Inhumans, right? I think tone-wise it will be, and frankly, even their origin story is very similar. So, I mean, they were created by Celestials or whatever, and they're powered humans or experiments or something like that, and it's kind of the royalty aspect and the synopsis we've seen there there's definitely going to be the love interest or love story involved um that type of stuff doesn't trip my trigger i I don't i don't know i mean black widow i'm certainly not interested in black widow because i've never been a a james bond fan um or, or spy espionage stuff uh but they they managed to do crazy stuff. They made Guardians of the Galaxy work. So I have, you know, every reason to believe, you know, both Black Widow and Eternals are going to be really good movies. I mean, Eternals should be a, a beautiful, gorgeous movie with the stuff they're getting into, at least source material wise. Yeah, I, I think Eternals could be good. I've been reading the back catalog and there's some things that I like about Eternals. Um that I think they could do well and could be interesting. Uh, I, I just, for me, I'm just very underwhelmed. It's two movies instead of three, which bums me out. As I said on the podcast from a things to talk about perspective is sad, but also just like, I like the movies. Um, and it's just, you know, black widow movie has never been something too exciting to me. It feels like a thing that I feel like would be better on streaming eternals. I'm just really unsure about, um, because there's just a lot of decisions they're going to have to make, and there's a lot of decisions they can make poorly. It's Marvel, so maybe they won't, but I, I guess my biggest takeaway is I have not been this underwhelmed about a year since uh, whatever it was, 2013, when they did Iron Man 3 and Thor 2 as the two movies of the year. Like, that's the last time we've gone into a Marvel year where I was like, oh, okay, I mean, they'll be fine, but... You know, like the year after that was Captain America Winter Soldier, which I was super pumped about. And then Avengers Age of Ultron I was pumped about. Civil War was a huge deal. Um, You know, Doctor Strange was something that I've really wanted to see for a long time. Uh, And there was so much buzz around Ragnarok and Black Panther and Finny Warbin. I I guess some of what I was feeling, we talked about how Ant-Man and the Wasp really had this terrible task where they had to... After Black Panther and Infinity War back-to-back, then Ant-Man and the Wasp had to somehow generate interest. For me, this is the same way. I'm getting Captain Marvel, and then I'm getting 
Avengers 4, and then I'm getting another Spider-Man movie, which is a big IP, and then they're like, and after that bonanza, strap yourself in for a Black Widow movie and the Eternals, who no one has ever heard of. It just seems like they've, I know that they couldn't make Guardians 3 because of the gun stuff, but it just seems like a high hurdle to pass to get people excited about those movies after a year in which you had Avengers 4. But but in their defense, I mean, they are moving to two movie dates because they are probably doing, I mean, all three, well, all three of those miniseries are probably going to land at least, if one doesn't next year, all three of them will be 2020, right? And say they're all six, six episodes, you know, there's 18 episodes between the three series right there in combination with two two-hour movies. So we're still getting, you know, almost 30 hours of content, which is 15 movies, you know? So I'm not worried about it. I know my math's off. I went to an Iowa school. But, I mean, I, I, it's at least that's the thing about Disney streaming, why it's so huge. I mean, these are going to be movie properties. I mean, they're produced by Marvel Studios. There's no reason to believe that they're not going to be just as successful or as high of quality as the movies are, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's where they're going. I'm a little bummed just because I don't have as much fun watching a TV show as I do a movie. Like I love the live crowd. Like we talked Rhiannon about watching the daredevil scenes at New York comic con and the electricity in the room. When you watch that scene in a group, And I love going on opening night and having fans there and hearing people cheer and people gasp, you know, at the snapping and all that kind of stuff. And sitting at home, you know, after I'm exhausted from a day of wrangling my kids and watching a show, I just, it's not got the same buzz for me. That's all. All right. Uh, The other bit of news, um, there was conversation with Kevin Feige about Namor. And Feige didn't say anything definite, but we did get the sense that Namor is a lot closer to coming to screen than we have heard before and that they are trying to make definite plans for him. Um, Assuming that we see him anytime soon, Adam, what do you think is our better play? Namor in a Black Panther movie or Namor in a Fantastic Four movie? Black Panther 2, for sure. I mean, I think that's the most... um organic way to introduce namor i mean fantastic four has plenty of people that they can use so why not uh kind of have the black panther you know wakanda versus atlantis the battle between two tech powers of sorts you know i would much rather see namor as he's definitely got to be an antagonist in his first movie role at least, so, so I would like to see him as the uh, villain in Black Panther 2 for sure. I have way more Namor thoughts than you would imagine. Um, and I think, I mean, like Black Panther started off as an antagonist as well. Um, so there's nice parallels where there. I think there's complete opportunity to make Namor a person of color. Um, and there's lots of places that they could go with that. Um, I, I see him more in the... I, I could see him bringing something that ties the Fantastic Four in with the Black... I mean, you know, like, he could be something that brings it all together. Yeah. You mentioned the casting. At this point, they almost... I mean, I, I don't want to roll around in this, but 
they almost have to cast an Asian actor, I think, for Namor at this point, since, I mean, whether or not that's demanded by the comics, I think the internet has spoken so clearly they would have a huge PR nightmare on their hands if they did anything else. I don't know. So in the comics, is he drawn in Asia, as Asian? <sighs> kind of, sort of. I... Ambiguous, I guess you could say. Is that a fair enough word? Or I guess I don't know the words I'm saying. Yeah, so I'm confused because I never reading the comics thought to myself, oh, look, that guy clearly has, you know, some sort of Asian heritage. But I have seen on Twitter people that are like, that have made very clear that they're going to burn things to the ground if that is not what happens. So uh, it just seems to me it's a kind of PR thing where they need to make, they need to somehow cast him in an inclusive way. Maybe they do what DC did with Aquaman and go kind of Polynesian. You know, I, I don't know, but it does seem to me like this is something that's going to be required or else they're going to have a real PR mess on their hands. What if it was the rock is Namor? Like, it's not like the body type, but it would be very, uh, I don't know. It, that might be kind of an interesting take. I'm not sure if I like it even coming off my lips, but it's an idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to quit this podcast. You're just thinking Maui and that's not where I had gone. Fine. My idea for a segment. Oh no. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh that's, that's, her, really? that's her pitch. We, okay. We're going to get to that in our main conversation. Oh, so <sighs> I, I do have a thought <laughs> for Namor that I know is very peculiar and only for me. Um, Oh, I'm going to forget his name. Uh, he's uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Do you know who I'm talking about? He's in Better Call Saul. For Namor? Are you talking about the... the? Uh... He's in Better Call Saul. He was Sorry. in... Um... Um, Los Polios Hermanos guy. Oh, Gus Fringe or whatever. Gus, right? Uh, yes. He was in the get down. Yeah, he was also in the get down as the preacher. He was also the main bad guy in yeah. Revolution that was on NBC. In Revolution, he played like this arrogant general that thought that he was better than everybody else. And uh, I just I think that he could be a very great name. He needs somebody who could really think their butt doesn't stink to be Namor. So, but anyways, Rhiannon will talk about it later. I'm sure she has very good casting thoughts. All right, that's all the news I have. Did you guys have anything else that you want to talk about? The uh, so we're recording this on October thirty first. Yes, right? it's Halloween. It's a very Does spooky anyone... episode, except spooky. for it's not. <laughs> we shut it down like a horror thing or something. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, November first. Does that ring a bell to either of you too? Oh gosh, is it Inhumans Day tomorrow? It is not. November November 1st, 2017 was the day Marvel announced New Humans went beyond freeform. So New War... Or what I say? I meant to say New Warriors. Did I you say New, New Humans? Humans? yeah. New Warriors, excuse me, was announced that it wasn't going to be on freeform. So that show has officially been in purgatory for one calendar year. Oh. Do you have some kind of like hot scoop here? Is it going to be taken out of purgatory a year later? No, I'm just saying it's been, no, I've just been saying it's been in there a year. So what, what the hell's going on? 
I'm more like, did you set a calendar entry like every year? Is it the New Warriors Purgatory no. Day? But I did. I mean, Dios de la Muerte is a good day to like go to Purgatory and. I'm probably butchering that phrase. But. Makes me want to watch Coco. Did you, you guys see that movie? It was excellent. Yes, it's devastating. <laughs> yeah. Like all good Pixar movies are, there's a moment where you should be totally depressed, you know. Okay, is there any other news other than that somewhat anticlimactic definite, um, year later New Warriors bit? Well, you guys didn't like it. It didn't carry the. I hyped it up too much, or what? I just thought it was interesting. I thought that you were going to start giving us scoopage now that you're like a real journalist and you got like inside info. Um, they're reviving Iron Fist as a movie. Oh yeah, okay. All he has are Dr Pepper cans with silhouettes. That's that's all right. I have no. All scoopage. right. That's why I eat ice cream straight out of the container with a spoon. I ain't got no scoops. <laughs> it's starting to get late here for us, guys. Um, all right. We don't uh-huh. have any more review yeah, stuff, I don't think. Um, unless there's anything you guys. Okay. So we can real quick open Daredevil back up if there's any other comments. I forgot to say last week. Um, the scene with Wilson Fisk and Karen Page where they were arguing back and forth at his dinner table and they used the camera and they like switched from like one shoulder to the other shoulder to like show that the other was going to go on the initiative and the argument. That was really beautifully shot. Like it was a very interesting way to raise tension because as soon as the camera moved, you're like, Oh, the other one's about to like attack back in. And when she told him that she killed Wesley, I was like, are you crazy woman? What are you thinking? You know, like you are so going to end up dead, but I really love that scene and I missed talking about it last week. So I thought I should say that. So anything else you guys want to mention on daredevil since it's still rambling around in our brains? It was all right. Yeah. I, I think it's still pretty good. Um, it's, I, I've been seeing lots of stuff pop up on Twitter or Tumblr of people finding little Easter eggs in Fogwell's, all of those posters on the wall. There was Parker versus Morales as one of the fight posters on the wall. And in one of the later episodes, Matt Murdock walks in and he goes past a picture and it's Jack Murdock and he has a nun there in the corner of the ring. So it's a picture of his mom up in Fogwell's, but he never knew. No, no, that's, it's great. We were, we were rewatch. I rewatched the last episode last night. Um, cause my wife hadn't seen it yet. And, I have like so many thoughts now about that last episode and the themes that they put into it and Matt and Fisk and how they're the same, but they're different. And, um, I love that show. It's just, it's, I feel like I could watch it. I said this last week, I could watch this lots of times and there's so many like layers and there's so many subtleties that are in that show. I just, it's great. All right, let's go to our main conversation. Uh, we are talking about this today. We are into the season of no obvious things to talk about, so we had to create some topics. And I think Adam had a good idea that we could each pitch a movie that Marvel should do for Phase 4. So we were tasked with coming up with uh, what character it would be, kind of what the title would be, what the synopsis would be, maybe even a little fan casting and uh Rian, i guess i'll let you go first since we apparently hit on yours you have uh some thoughts about what a namor movie would look like in phase four all right 
So I put a full 30 minutes into preparing for this podcast and three rum and cokes. And I have notes like last week. And I did some intense Googling because, like, I think, like, the thing that freaked me out about this assignment is there's not a lot of characters that I know a lot about that aren't already... I mean, I typically, like, see them in the TV and movies, and then I learn more about them. Um, Or they're confirmed, and then I learn more about them, which I've always been frank about, like, here. Like, yeah. Um, So, yeah, Namor, which we touched on a little bit earlier... So, not knowing a ton about him, but doing a little research on him, the thing about Namor, so, here's my pitch, Feige. And like I said, I had like 30 minutes to put this together. Give me a week and I can probably come up with something a little bit more better and maybe read a comic. Um, So, I think he needs to be some sort of person of color, possibly of ambiguous heritage. Um, You know, kind of like, I really like what they did, uh, or, you know, like... um, Elodie Young that did Electra, like she's very mixed heritage to the point that it's ambiguous. Um, I mean, she's Cambodian and French or something or other. But anyways, anyways, so we meet this guy and we're in somewhere like Haiti. It can be a Pacific Island equivalent of Haiti. I know my Caribbean islands better, so I'm pitching Caribbean islands. Um, he's there and he's like helping with the Haitian earthquake recovery. And, like, known by all the locals, he helps out the locals, he's doing cool things, and he is totally scoffing. There's, like, tons of volunteerists that are down there, like, on their one-week vacation, and they build, like, a little grass hut that they tear down every week, and then they build a new one. And just before he's done with that assignment, like, everybody there in Haiti loves him, just before he's done with his assignment, this massive hurricane rolls in. Devastation throughout the Caribbean, like, never seen before. And... They see on the news, they hear news, this devastation has revealed remains of a city. Like, it's, it's, an, a new island is revealed after the storm. And he sees it, and he gets frustrated. And, like, next thing we see is him swimming up to, like, the remains of this island. Most of which is still underwater. And it is Atlantis. And it is gone. It's in horrible shape. Beyond horrible shape is, like, there's plastic litter, like, he sees dead sea turtles with the little plastic rings around their body, and, you know, just, like, awful. And around that time, like, there's an American cruise ship or something going by. He sees the people on there, associates them with the devastation of Atlantis, and just, like, takes out that cruise ship. I mean, to the point that, like, people, I mean, just, like, complete and total anti-hero. Like, takes out this cruise ship. People are getting on the lifeboats. He's pulling the lifeboats onto water. We see this guy's pure power. See him as pure evil. And because of this, whatever's left of the Avengers at this point, whoever is our, are our heroes in these in this, at this point, whether it's Captain Marvel, whether it's Black Panther, um... I don't remember who all we have that'll be alive that we think will be alive. Anyways, they go after, I mean, you know, obviously there's a new villain. They go after him. Big fight. Lots of fight, fight. 
And then I haven't completely worked out the third act, but there has to be something, like, really big, and he ends up saving people, and they end up reluctantly not throwing him on the raft and everything. But that's just my general Namor story. I've got to get the pitch better, but I only have, like, 20 minutes. Dig it. Okay. So, where... Where That's... is Atlantis rumored to actually be? Is there like a rumored location or a speculation? Oh, like in the comics? Location or... um, from well, my... no. Isn't like Atlantis a real life conspiracy thing? Yeah, there's there's an actual rumor of the lost city of Atlantics. Uh, Atlantics. Atlantis? Something about the name makes me think it's in the Atlantic. I don't know where in my head I always thought it was Bermuda Triangle-esque, which is not the Caribbean, but, you know, hurricanes hit Bermuda, too. So in Marvel, I think it gets confusing because there's actually a storyline with the Inhumans where, like, it raises up out of the ocean, and then they put Adeline, like, right next to it, and then they get attacked by maybe the Portuguese. So maybe, yeah, maybe the Atlantic ocean somewhere. Uh, I think you could get that definitive answer if you did enough research or had enough knowledge. I just don't, but, um, but yeah, I think that's, it's interesting. Cause I, I do think I, we haven't seen Aquaman yet, but I don't think it's a mistake that they got um, a Polynesian man. And they've talked about using like traditional, like Maori tattoo, um, like designs on Jason Momoa for his Aquaman. Um, I'm actually kind of bummed that he's turned into a surfer bro instead of like a Maori warrior. I thought that's where they were going to go with it. I thought that'd be cool. And so I feel like a point of differentiation for Namor could be taking him out of say the Pacific and put him into the Atlantic ocean. I feel like that's a way that can make it different and give it a different vibe. And certainly the Caribbean would be kind of an interesting setting. I don't think we see enough in movies. So, and that's where, like, when we were talking about the, the race, I mean, yes, the Asian, there is a large movement to have an Asian hero, but there also aren't many Hispanic or, I mean, there's, there's lots of other ethnicities that need representation. And I liked the idea of him being, I mean, yeah, it could be Puerto Rican or something like that. Did you so? Did you fan cast it at all? Did you have any thoughts on who it might be, or or no? No, not yet. I'm not good at fan casting. Like I, I don't have. I was trying to think. Are there like um? I, so we saw like how fake Caribbean accents can go a little bit awry in Luke Cage. Like, are there like some legit like? I can't think off the top of my head, like a Jamaican actor or even, uh, you know, I don't know, somebody from Central America, you know, like somebody from Dominican Republic or Honduras. Like, I can't think of any actors. The only person that comes to mind is David Ortiz as, um, <laughs> as Namor, which is obviously kind of silly. But I mean, um, I'm just trying to think of, of anybody that'd be I mean, that I mean, I am a diehard fangirl of Juan Diego Boto, who is Argentinian, but I think he might uh, he could pull it off um he's argentinian um if, if for people that wonder where i just pulled that out of the middle of nowhere he was in um good behavior on tnt he had just like this character that was amazingly evil yet very good 
Um, and he plays those complex roles well. And I will fan cast him as everything. But I don't know. I mean, I, I want to say he might be a little old for the role, but maybe not. And besides, you guys don't know who I'm talking about anyways. So That's all right. Well, thanks, Rihanna. That was good. I like it. Uh, I definitely, it's not, what I like is it's well crafted. It's not what I was thinking, but it's got like, you, you could be a great, you know, your time in the islands could help you be uh, an asset to screenwriters. So that would be good. That's kind of what I had in mind. So Feige, if you want to call me. All right, Adam. Uh, what What is your, uh, what would be your pitch for a phase four movie? Okay, so I have a tagline and kind of a synopsis slash plot, all right? The tagline, uh, something like, even though the Avengers were able to sort out Thanos' mess in Avengers 4, fans saw realms and realities they could only dream of coming to life. Supreme Power introduces fans to the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, Multiverse, a shared entertainment universe set across multiple realities initial thoughts comments concerns any questions about a multiverse how is yay it or nay Spideyverse. what's that how is it different than the sony Spideyverse? well it's it's exactly like that i mean it's kind of like uh i mean the arrowverse tv shows kind of do it right so they still cross over but they cross over less because there's a general understanding that Supergirl, or at least the primary Supergirl, lives on Earth 36 or whatever. Smell what I'm stepping in? Oh, I, I think eventually we might go there. I mean, at some point, the continuity issues of the MCU will feel restrictive instead of empowering. And then multiverse is the way you go. So that's the tagline, and here's a little bit of a plot. Mark Milton wakes up in a cold sweat. He's had another one of his nightmares. Night after night, the nightmares become more frequent and frequent until one day, it's all clear. The nightmares are suppressed memories. Having dedicated his life as an agent to the United States government, Supreme Power follows Mark Milton as he discovers his dark past as a government experiment and rises up against the man left trying to stop the nuclear weapon they created themselves the government tasked decorated war hero joe ledger also known as dr dr spectrum with forming a team consisting of billionaire mogul kyle richmond slash nighthawk ancient demigod power princess and the witch arcana jones to try taking down milton now going going by his government given code name hyperion Questions, comments, concerns. Rhiannon's totally lost and hates it. <laughs> so, did you did you say what you're pitching? So, I'm calling it... Jet, no, or are you just trying to I'm build called, up The to movie's it. called Supreme Power, but the property would be Squadron Supreme. Okay. I mean, Supreme Power is a title, kind of, of a certain run of Squadron Supreme comics. So I, I do think at some point um, we either need Sentry or Hyperion. I'm not sure if both of them fit in the MCU, but I think one of the others should come. Uh, would you would you go for Hyperion above Sentry in the MCU? Uh, 
I don't see Century as a movie play. I mean, he deals with some pretty dark stuff. Right. And I, and I don't think... I mean, he would need almost a movie budget to for, like, the Void special effects. and so, Well, I don't know. The Void doesn't really need to be super, super great special effects. Um, I don't know. I'd love to see them both, but, I mean, they're pretty much identical characters the way it is. And, I mean, you could kind of almost do this with Century in place of Hyperion because they're both essentially Superman. Now, who else would you... Would you start with just a Hyperion movie or do you have other people you'd want to see added on for Squadron Supreme? Well, so Hyperion... So that's the... I mean, this movie, I don't want it to be... I mean, Squadron Supreme movie right off the bat. Obviously, it's, it won't be necessarily organic for the team to already know each other of sorts. Um, so, I, I mean, there's not really... It depends on what side of your fence on. You know, there's the protagonist and antagonist are going to flip-flop depending on whose side you're on. You know, Hyperion was an alien that crash-landed in on you know in the United States and the government experimented on him and and wiped his mind except he has every power known to man and he's essentially raising earth while the government you know is trying to stop him so i mean if you're going to introduce squadron supreme i guess to me at least that's kind of the the way that makes sense um it's kind of almost justice league esque with how they kind of have to battle superman for a split moment, but this would kind of be the whole plot surrounding the movie. Gotcha. Will it be a serious movie? Will it be a comedic-ish? Would it be more of a... It would not be comedic whatsoever, and if I actually had to hire a director, it would definitely be Zack Snyder. Now, I'm not even saying that to be ironic or whatever. I just think Snyder does a really good... Snyder has his own style, and I think this type of movie, it's kind of almost, it's not necessarily post-apocalyptic, but it would need to be set in a separate universe where it's clear that things are kind of run differently, because Squadron Supreme comics are always kind of in, like their initial run, they're trying to, there's a huge drought, and people aren't eating food, and so on and so forth, and they're trying to keep everything running as smooth as possible, so it kind of needs to be a Mad Max type world, a kind of futuristic Judge Dreddish type thing. Yeah, smell yeah. what I'm stepping no, I mean, in or not? You, you mentioned horror. I mean, it feels like every year at Halloween we talk about, hey, when's Marvel doing a horror movie? Uh, a post-apocalyptic Marvel movie, I think, would be really interesting. Like, I think some people want to see Marvel zombies for that reason. Um, I think Avengers Four might be a little bit that, but. Um, yeah, I think the idea of a universe where the heroes fail and stuff really gets jacked up. You know, like even Logan did that to some degree, but I think that's an interesting place to play that we haven't played with the Marvel MCU yet. Right. All right, cool. Are we ready for my pitch? Mm-hmm. Bring it. So, uh, Doctor Strange 2. I know they're going to probably make a Doctor Strange 2 and it's not going to be this. But if I am in charge of things, I would tell Mr. Feige that uh, Doctor Strange 2 needs to open up with um, the magic community deciding, maybe at the behest of the hoary host of uh, whatever you, however you say that, 
those like uh, weird like magic deities that every once in a while show up in Doctor Strange comics. Uh, there's like a tiger and a goat or something. As I'm already far off my ability, but um, there's kind of like these magical deities that are kind of the uh, rule makers for the world of magic. Um, they're kind of almost like the Gibberim in the uh, Runaways. They have decided that they need to now officially choose a Sorcerer Supreme. The world has been without one for too long since the death of the Ancient One. And so they're going to do a magical contest to see uh, who is going to become the next Sorcerer Supreme. And so we get all these cool characters. We introduce some new ones. Of course, Stephen Strange shows up. Uh, Scarlet Witch gets an invite. Uh, maybe Loki, if he's not dead, is invited to come on in. Uh, also, uh, Brother Voodoo. Uh, we could introduce Morgan Le Fay if we wanted to, right? Like, add in some of these different magical characters. And then the last entrant... Entrant? I don't know if that's the word. But uh, Oh, also Wong. I think Wong should compete for it. I would love to see tension where Wong feels like he's getting passed up for Sorcerer Supreme and it's not fair and that Strange should uh, should not have it and he should. That would be interesting because the fans might feel that way a little bit too, you know? So I think that could be interesting. At this contest, at the last minute, there is a surprise individual that walks in. Adam Driver, the actor, uh, walks in with severe scars on his face because he is Victor Von Doom. And he is here to become the Sorcerer Supreme. What? And so... I just kind of got goosebumps a little bit. So, Von Doom comes in, and I really do think... We've seen Doom done so poorly in so many other comics, and the thing they never do is the magic stuff with him. I would love to see Doom introduced in Doctor Strange, and then we get the back stuff with him and Franklin and Sue Richards, right? And so introduce Doom in this. It's a contest. Uh, if you re- read the comics, you'll know that this is the plot of um, Doctor Strange Triumph and Torment. It was a graphic novel from, I think, the 80s. It's, it's pretty long, but it's great. And it starts this way with a contest. It's not to be Sorcerer Supreme, but it's a contest that's host, uh, hosted by, you know, these sort of magic deities or whatever. Um, some exotic land far away. And they have this contest, and in the end, it's Strange and Doom together. And I forget how they do it in the plot, but what I would do is right about the end of the second act, you think that it's all about this contest, and then suddenly the floor comes out from under them, and you realize they've been tricked, and it is Strange and it is Doom in hell with Mephisto. Wow. Okay. That's the, that's the story. That's that, that's that comic line. Because basically what happens is the contest is a way that Doom puts Strange on the hook. And he forces Strange to go with him to go save the soul of his, um, of his mom. His mom was a, uh, a gypsy magician who sold her soul to the devil at some point to save Von Doom. And then we get all the backstory of Doom's history where they talk about how he grew up and who his parents were and how he got introduced to magic and his mother. And it's a very, it makes me feel for Doom. If you read Triumph and Torment, it makes you feel bad for the way he grew up and the way he was mistreated. Um, I don't know if this works. Uh, For his mom, I would cast Catherine Zeta-Jones. She's actually not quite old enough to be um, Driver's mom, but 
uh, you know, it's Hollywood. So um, I would take her. And then I don't know where I got this idea, but from Mephisto, I'd like to see it sort of, um, I, I think they should do the mocap deal, but uh, Joel McHale. What? As okay. Mephisto. Okay. Because he's, he's yeah. so charming. He's charming, but he's also, he also loves to like burn people and like. Uh, I, I just think about community. He was always a very self-serving kind of character, but also very friendly at the same time. And you kind of could love him and hate him at the same time. Like his charm in that character, particularly if it's CGI, so they can like accentuate like his facial features and stuff, I think would be interesting. But anyways, and then the whole story is about Doom trying to out-trick Strange. In the comics, what he tries to do is basically trade Strange's soul for his mother's soul. He comes to Mephisto and he's like, let my mom go and I'll give you Doctor Strange. And this whole thing is an elaborate trap by Doom to get his mom out of hell. And it's not the same story, but recently we've had this um, storyline called Doctor Strange Damnation. I think that would be a perfect movie title for this. I mean, it's it would be a you know Age of Ultron kind of switch aru on the storyline, but Triumph and Torment I always felt like was a crappy title for that comic book, and um, yeah, that's the switch that I would do. So we end up with Doom and uh, Stephen Strange in a magical battle in hell for the soul of Doom's mother, and all of that stuff sets the groundwork so that when Fantastic Four brings in doom if, if it's up to me fantastic four starts with mole man and we introduce the characters yeah. and get to know them and then we do doom in movie two or three kind of oh and in the contest born baron mordo should also be one of the other people that whole thing like a massive i kind of like the idea like it would be like civil war um where like the act two is like the big giant showcase where you have like seven or eight magicians all fighting each other. And then there's that twist and it gets real small and it becomes doom and strange one-on-one for act three. So that would be my phase four movie if I was in charge. Well, I'm putting you in charge. (laughs) (laughs) That's better than my sea turtle Avenger. Hey, to be fair, I am just picking a comic book that I think is not as well read as it should be. It's on Marvel Unlimited. You should totally pick it up. It's very good. I mean, we've got to get Mephisto eventually, right? Like, he is a big enough bad that you would think that that would be somewhere they'd go. I just don't know if Disney worries that the the devil is not family friendly. I mean, well, I mean, as long as they don't call him Satan or Lucifer, you know, I think Mephisto is good enough. I. I, I I thought the Defenders was going to be Mephisto, and now I'm just bitter whenever I hear the word. Another outside idea that people may hate, um, Bono used to do a Mephisto character on tour for U2. He would do songs dressed up as the devil during their um, Pop Mart stuff. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him reprise that. Interesting. Like, yeah, interesting is the me. right word for sure. Interesting. Uh, if you've never seen, uh, if you look at concert footage, like put in like Bono Mephisto, it's very interesting huh. uh, what he did with it. Because he basically made him like a symbol for American avarice and greed 
and it's very interesting. I mean, I like it. But my anyway. thoughts for Strange, but I also love my Bono. thoughts for Strange Two were completely opposite. But I like your idea much, much more. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's kind of like the Immortal Iron Fist. It's kind of like the big tournament we deserve, you know. I would like to point out that when I was cruising the Namor Wikipedia page, there is a point in his history where he went and, like, went and somehow he brought Iron Fist back from the dead. Where did I write that note? I wrote that note somewhere right here. Oh, it was on a previous page because I have multiple pages of notes. In the comics, he brings back Iron Fist, who was presumed to be dead. So, you know, Namor could bring back Iron Fist. I'm down. Cool. Um, If you guys at home uh, find this a fun game, give us your uh, ideas, your pitches. Uh, You know, who would you put in the movie? How would you let it unfold? Uh, All that kind of stuff. We would love to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, let's do our mailbag. Uh, Over on the website, we have our usual crew. Thank you so much for your guys' comments. We always love hearing from you. Love Waffle and Dave. Uh, Dave said, I doubt whether Disney would reboot the Netflix characters and or make the Netflix shows a different continuity as a discredit the MCU. Uh, I think they'll just do a time jump and then recast the characters. Um... Uh, Daredevil's in a tougher place as he's the face of the Netflix shows. Rihanna, we didn't mention this, but you sh- um, you had put something on Slack today where uh, there was some stats that were probably better stats about what's been watched a lot on Netflix, and Daredevil is probably the most popular show on Netflix right now. Is that right? Yeah, so this thing, it's like this weird, it uses this method where it like, takes takes all of the online interaction around a show and it weights it. So, like, somebody clicking like on a Facebook post gets very little light, very little weight in this metric, but somebody, like, downloading the episodes, and I don't know if they mean, like, downloading them through Netflix or, like, illegal downloads or downloading GIFs on Tumblr, but it weights it, and this week, Daredevil is the top ranking using this system. So, you know, we're two weeks after the show dropped, um, for it to still, you know, for it to be like the top Netflix discussion topic, that makes me feel a little good. Yeah. I may have read the article too quickly. I got the sense they're also getting data from people that like get Netflix through their cable maybe, or get Netflix through like some other provider that there's some other pass through that can, you know, like figure out how much it's being downloaded if it's not just straight from the app, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, like this whole, because I did, I, I linked through because I wanted to know if it was like, cause there was that thing with Luke Cage that like Luke Cage was, you know, there was that article about how popular it was and it was like people's cell phones listening to them. And it seemed like a very small data set. This one, it's, yeah, it's more technical. It is like either, you know, that they can measure how much people are streaming through cable companies or through whatever. Um, and then it goes out and it also does some social media metrics and it's a nice like overall 
I mean, but on this, like, Daredevil was at, like, 53,000 on their ranking. Like, Stranger Things was at, like, 25,000 just because it's Halloween and people, I guess, talk about Stranger Things at Halloween. Um, but Daredevil was the highest. So keep talking about it, folks. Well, and I think the thing that is totally true here based on those stats and based on what we've heard before about how well Netflix has done with Daredevil, if we do hear that Daredevil is canceled by Netflix, which I know many people don't want to see, but if it does happen, it tells me very definitively that the relationship has soured to the point beyond working, right? Like, um, if they're going to keep anything, they're going to keep Daredevil, I think, because it is hugely popular and important for Netflix that to have that show so yeah i agree if they cut it at this point it means the metrics don't matter um love waffle kind of respond to that comment and uh, he made a comparison to the way star wars cut the expanded universe and reeled back in the continuity a lot but then started to reintroduce some of that stuff if it was stuff they liked um, so if you're not a Star Wars fan, Star Wars started with the movies and then they wrote all these books and all these novels and all these comics. And then when Disney bought it, they basically said all those books and all those comics that you've thought are continuity for the last 50 years, excuse me, all the last 40 years are gone. They're done. We're, we're, we're scrapping all that. It's not continuity anymore. Only the movies are. And then they rebuilt a continuity uh, from scratch. But if there's a character that was liked, like Admiral Thrawn they brought him back into the new continuity, basically just copying what was in the old continuity. Um, and so he thought that maybe that's what we'll see with these daredevil shows is we'll see daredevil scrap from continuity or not like Luke cage. We'll see him scrap from continuity, but all the stuff that people liked from the shows, they will somehow find a way to reestablish that so that it doesn't feel totally lost. Um, also, and Adam, you've been found out. This is how you remembered the date, I think, for uh, for uh, New Warriors. Love Wassel's comment. Amid these cancellations yeah. at Netflix, I find myself wondering, where the heck is New Warriors? It was a year ago this Thursday that we found out it wasn't going to be on Freeform. And so it was, did you read that? When yeah, you were I read moderating it. So, I thought it was stuff? on the website. Yeah. Um, but he said new warriors continued absence, I think is extremely telling as it suggests there's more going on here than Disney and Netflix growing apart. If Kevin Feige is calling these properties home, then perhaps being on Disney or soon to be Disney owned networks and streaming services won't say runaways cloak and dagger agent shield or Legion. If Feige getting X-Men back hasn't already spelled the end for that series, they might not be as dire position as the remaining Marvel Netflix series, but their continued existence could depend on how successful Loki and Scarlet Witch are out of the gates, but then again, maybe I'll get greenlit for coming out the Friday after Christmas. Who knows? So, uh, anyways, interesting thoughts about all that stuff. Um, I do think, not, I mean, I, I, at this point, we all underestimated how important Disney streaming was going to be to Marvel, and it seems like they are putting a ton of ba- ba- eggs in that basket, uh, financially and strategically, and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I think that's all the comments I have. I think we were alone tonight. No one in the live stream. So, um, uh, nothing else. Did you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap the show? No, just thanks to Mr. Media podcast. That was a lot of fun and you guys should definitely go listen to it. 
Yeah. Absolutely, you should. Very much so. All right. Uh, this is the point of the show where I do the end of the show stuff and I stall until I look it up and there it is. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us a lot of ways. Send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. Also communicate with us via our MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. And as we said earlier, you can watch these live streams uh, as well. Uh, you'll get access to our special MCU film ranking episode at any level of sponsorship available only to our Patreon supporters. Uh, I also get early access to some of our videos like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marvel news desk, or subscribe to our YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Uh, you can help the show be more visible to other people. If you give us a five star review over on iTunes, the number one, most important thing you do. However, every week is you listen to the show and you tell your friends and we really appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Tim Cox for our logo. You can find him on Instagram at Tim V Cox. And thanks to Alvin for the theme music. You can find his music, uh, at the skull school across a variety of social media platforms. I'd also say if you have a good idea of something that we should talk about, we've got another four or five episodes before we take a break for the holidays. And, uh, one of those will be spider verse and, um, maybe depending on embargo, one of them will be runaways. And so, there's something else you want us to talk about you have a good topic suggestion let us know and we'll definitely probably take you up on it because we got to figure out uh what to talk about we'll probably do a end of year episode as well so uh thanks for listening guys and we hope you have a marvelous week and we'll talk to you later